0: When I was a child, when my parents asked me what I wanted to do when I grow up, I, I wanted to be Japanese, <laughs> <laughs> which my parents thankfully never told me it was going to be impossible. They didn't say that was impossible. They didn't want to dash your dreams. No, because I, I wanted to be a samurai. So I, I, uh, I did kendo and I was, I was all about the samurai. I was like my first essay in geography when I was a child was about samurai and I loved it and I wrote it on like bamboo paper. I was like fully into it. it was, and I got top marks, obviously, because I was a nerd of the class doing that. And uh, so whenever she asked me, I said I wanted to be Japanese because I mistook that for being a samurai. <laughs> That's so sweet. It's not turned out well for me yet.
1: (laughs) Hello and welcome to 30 by 30, a podcast tracking 30 adventures as challenged by my friends before my 30th birthday. In this podcast series, you're going to hear me climb a mountain, attend a protest, ride a motorbike, attempt to date my comedy idol, yikes, and so much more. Episode 10's challenge.
0: The challenge was to meet one of your literary heroes.
1: This is possibly one of my most favourite episodes. You're about to meet a wonderful couple of friends as we celebrate one of my favourite topics books. You probably know by now that I'm a book editor, specifically um, travel books, but outside of work I'm always leaving through a tome. So make yourselves comfortable for episode 10. I've loved books since I was in nappies, but I was a teenager when I really fell for literature. I was reading all of the classics, austin Dickens, Hardy, and the all-important Brontes, my favourite novel of all time being Jane Eyre. I was so obsessed with the classics that I missed a canon of fiction that speaks to teenagers, um, that includes the likes of Angela Carter and Sylvia Plath, but A.S. English Literature coursework required us to choose a modern novel to analyse, and a battered copy of The Handmaid's Tale was passed to me by my sister. So I pushed aside my beloved Victorian novels to read Margaret Atwood's famous dystopia. And that was that, a new obsession. I adore Margaret Atwood to this day and have a healthy collection of her novels and short stories. In fact, I have more copies of The Handmaid's Tale than any other book, even Jane Eyre. Obviously, Atwood has gained a lot of press in recent years with a TV adaptation of her famous novel, but my love affair with the writer began over a decade ago. And so this year, when it was announced that Margaret was publishing a sequel called The Testaments, me and two of my friends went to see Atwood talk to a journalist on the launch day. As a geeky book nerd, this is probably the book event of the past decade, other than perhaps the sequel to Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird back in 2014. It was also a coup that Atwood had chosen London, not the US or her native Canada, as the place to launch and discuss the book at an event that was screened in cinemas across the world. So, I'm at the National Theatre and I'm here to see Margaret Atwood talk about The Testaments, which is the sequel to The Handmaid's Tale, which is one of my most all time favourite books. Um, So, it's actually really exciting because um, she's going to be talking about the book, she has some special guests. Um, We've all got a copy as part of our tickets, and um, I imagine there'll be some readings, um, but it's just, it's really exciting that I'm going to be in the same theatre as Queen Maggie herself. Did I have the chance to actually meet my literary hero and tick off one of my challenges? Well, no, obviously not. She's probably the most famous living writer with a protective posse of PR professionals around her. Um, in fact since i saw her speak with my two friends she's gone and won the booker prize for the testaments along with bernardine everisto but i caught up with my challenges tilly and luke in the literary city of bath how do we know each other so
2: we went to secondary school together yes we did yes we were in different houses we were and um, so i was in horsley and you were in Webster. yeah um, and we started there when we were like thirteen. Yeah. And then up until eighteen. When I talk to
1: people about that school, yeah. they all say it sounds like Harry Potter. Really? It looks
0: like Harry Potter. It does. When you actually see it. Yeah. For someone who's never been to that school, when yeah. you drive up and you see the grounds, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah It's an amazing
1: school. Yeah. And I think because we talk about houses and it had some yeah. really nice traditions yeah. that were a bit posh maybe. Yes. <laughs> people are always like Oh my so. god,
2: you went to Harry you went to Hogwarts.
1: Yeah.
0: Which house would you have been in if you're in Harry Potter? So
1: I thought through and through, I'm a Hufflepuff.
0: Absolutely! Yeah, yeah. I could have said,
1: through that. Through. Have then said ve- that! Very, very recently, I did the test, okay. and I've always wanted to be Ravenclaw. And, it, and I did it, and I was just like, boom, boom, on, so I was like, I know I'm Hufflepuff, I know I'm Hufflepuff, and they put me in Ravenclaw! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm having a real crisis!
2: <laughs> <in>
0: <laughs> you finally got what you wanted! <laughs> I know, I know!
1: Luke, what would you be? Oh, it would be Gryffindor. Yeah, you'd be Gryffindor, yeah, 100%, you're Gryffindor. 100%. Your Gryffindor oh, till you're Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff, yeah, okay.
2: I, Do you agree? I've, I've never yeah, done I those. Agree, yeah. Yeah, what yeah. makes yeah.
1: me a buffle part Because you're really warm and loyal and friendly and kind. Oh, Family orientated. Nice yeah. Those are nice things. Yeah.
2: What's a raven claw though?
1: They're um they meant to be very clever. Ooh. And maybe like a little bit um, Yeah, that's all I can think. That's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: thinking an, an investment <laughs> banker might be a
0: Ravenclaw. So yes, quite clever, not, yeah. too rash, not quite lovely. savvy. Yes, savvy.
2: savvy. Savvy is a really good word. Yeah, yeah. I'd say you're quite savvy. Yeah, oh
1: yeah. thanks. Yeah. So sorry, Luke. I obviously just directed that question at Tilly. Obviously, you're sitting here as well. Luke, how do I? How do we know each other?
0: Uh, heck. So <laughs> we've known each other for ten years because last year we, last week was Tilly and, and mine ten year anniversary.
1: That's so, right. So. Yeah.
0: I can't remember the first time we met.
1: I think that we met at one of Poppy's birthdays. <laughs>
0: Oh, I nice. remember, I yeah, think that okay. we played
1: like Articulate or something like that. Oh, we played Articulate
0: at Poppy's, Poppy's house. house. At her parents' yeah, yeah, house. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. I think that
1: might have been the first time. We went for I, lunch first. I think
0: that could have been the first time that Tilly and I realised that we were Articulate Masters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we were actually, yeah, we were really good at it.
1: So Tilly, you and I went to the same school. Yes. What do you have any particular memories of of life there
2: or us there? I remember us being in the opposite houses yeah. and I remember you were in the same house as some of my other friends that's and right. I think that's how I got to know you. That's right. I think you were friends with like Hazza and Jenny yeah. and then I was friends with them and then that's how I got to know you. That's right.
1: And I, I don't remember first meeting you but I just remember, I remember yeah. you being so lovely Aww. and warm. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> A true <truthful prop. laughs> <laughs> then your parents mm. lived a few villages away yes. and you had this really gorgeous living room with like creaky wooden floorboards. Yes. Was a mm. grandfather clock?
0: yeah there was yes. just outside in the hallway, yeah, there was. hallway and yes. a really big fireplace yes.
1: and, and I remember your Christmas tree was huge uh, and everything yes. was just really beautiful
2: and I think it was like a little drinks party or something ah, mm. probably and I do remember having a couple of drinks sort of Christmas party things yeah. Was that like a dinner party that I did? It felt like quite civilised, yeah Well... My birthday is actually near Christmas, so it might be my birthday, birthday thing. You're right. Mm-hmm. It was probably a birthday party. And because we
1: were talking about how your brother's about to turn nineteen, and I so yeah, remember yeah. picking him up. I remember picking him up that evening. At that evening. Yeah. So we must have been quite young
2: then. Yeah. Because I, when I started at school with you, he was only two. Yeah. So actually, he was just a little baby. Yes, really. Yeah. And so he must have it must have been in our first couple of years. Yeah. I, I mem- remember that, and we we always used to come round and watch films together. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And I remember <laughs>
1: staying at your house with Jenny. Ah. And one, one, and we were downstairs. Yeah, in the den. In the den with the snake. Yeah, with the snake. Oh, the snake. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. about was was Hector. Snake. Hector's, Hector's oh, snake? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Sammy so, the yeah. snake. I was quite scared of the snake, yeah. even though it was well contained.
2: Yeah.
0: He yeah. got stuck in an action man trouser once. He did. You?
2: When my little brother. <laughs> <laughs> when, <laughs> when Hector was little, he used to play with his snake like it was one of his toys. Because he got the snake when he was about six, and it was tight. Ty- it was only six inches long when we got it. God. But it ended up being Huge. Six foot. It was the basilisk. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was Very Very kind and calm though. Yeah Trying to eat anyone yeah. It was Just really friendly yeah. But he used to play with it With his action men And he once tried to feed it Through an action men trouser <laughs> <laughs> But the trouser Did not have any stretch in it It was just Pure, I don't know what it was made of, cheap fabric. And he came to my mum being like, Mummy, help. Oh, this action man was wearing half a trouser. <laughs> I mean, the snake was wearing half a trouser. And my mum had to delicately cut, cut. these trousers with nail scissors because she didn't want to cut the snake. Of course snake not, of course not. And cut the action man trousers off. That oh was one God. of many things Hector did with that snake. Bye. <laughs> <The spy. laughs> Awful. i didn't mean it like that
0: <laughs> sorry hector
1: <laughs> sorry hector if you're listening and i also remember your 18th red
2: hot and watchy oh party oh that was so embarrassing <laughs> to think about now i mean what was i thinking yeah yeah there's quite a lot of photos of that yeah there's a lot of photos well. and yeah. i think my mum rather appropriately slash inappropriately made a cake which had boobs on it yes that's right <laughs> I remember the game did there were just boobs on the
0: game <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I first started going out with Tilly obviously I Facebook stores backwards <laughs> and I was like what the hell is this <laughs> oh
2: cringe
0: <laughs> as a new boyfriend trying to yeah. understand like, what the hell exit, is exit, happening. exit exit <laughs> exit <laughs>
2: I remember coming round to your house one time and having a drinks party, and I remember feeling so civilized. And it was a proper drinks party. It was like my first official drink. What was it, what? Why I can't it, remember? Was it my Was it my 18? It might have been your 18 oh, because I remember buying a, a gold dress, and I loved. You my did mom. wear a gold a dress when you were No, you fab. Time. I remember that and you had, and you had curly hair I at did have oh, curly yeah, hair and yeah. I remember going and thinking I am I, this, I'm a grown up this is a grown up drinks <laughs> party yeah. do, but so do you remember my cake
1: because your cake was a your weighty was booze
2: mine was a pirate
1: ship <laughs> 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 so why was birthday? it yeah, I, I don't, don't remember the that this civilised party but my cake was a pirate ship so yours was That's a pirate ship amazing. but, but <laughs> who did you play in the school play <laughs> in the school play I was yeah. a were you pirates or Penn yeah I was an yeah,
0: no, oh, no, when you dressed, sorry, when you, you three dressed up as Hazard.
1: Oh, oh no, so it was no, with Poppy. With pa- so oh, it was Wear What You Like Day. day. Yes. Oh, okay. So I was Peter Pan. Yes, yeah. you're right, I really had a pirate Irony. ship. Irony, again, crisis of identity, though. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and why was she Peter Pan?
2: Because she has got great legs. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And Poppy was Tiger Lily. Yes. And I was Wendy. I Wendy. I don't know why I was Wendy, maybe because I had the palest hair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was probably yeah.
0: it. <laughs> so why did you have a pirate ship? <laughs> For your I just
1: really wanted one. <laughs> and so my did your make it? My, no, but she've got it ordered. My mum doesn't mum and dad do make amazing cakes, so I think she was just too busy. Yeah, yeah. And so they went, she went to go and collect it, and the person was like, I'm so sorry, but I think we might have made a
2: mistake. <laughs> said,
1: it's your 18 it's your daughter's 18th birthday, isn't it? We've made a pirate ship. And mum was like, no no, that's what that, she that wants. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's it's so amazing. Big. That is amazing. <laughs> Quite a lot of like photo, photographic evidence. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, as well. I should have, in preparation, gone through our Facebook friendship. Yeah. And to see. Yes, what, you're right. Reminded. Yeah. Reminded ourselves of, reminded ourselves of everything. Yeah. We'll be nearly friends for. 18 years know, 17. 17 years so true oh, that's now. so true yeah. that's so true a long time that is a long time that's a very long time yeah and it still feels when we're together like no time has passed and yeah. it's just the same old us yeah exactly and which that's, is a sign of a, a proper friend
1: I think so because we should say that we're in Bath now. Yeah, you've come yeah. to stay with us in, yeah. our, in our house. In your stunning, stunning flat, which oh, I might just move into. <laughs> <laughs> and and she's not going to leave. We'll be like, don't <laughs> <you> see. <serious>? Yes. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> I've got
2: to go to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: You've got we'll a podcast build a, yeah, We'll exactly. build a little mezzanine for you. <laughs> oh,
1: just, don't like, because I'll yeah, take you little up on it. little I'm only small, I'll fit in that. Peter um, Pan would love it. Exactly! Yeah! yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what was your challenge to me?
0: The the challenge was to meet one of your literary heroes.
1: Yes. And ideally, I
2: think you said to get a photo. Yes. Well, that was just for evidence, so yes. that you didn't come and say, Oh, I did it! Yeah, by the way! Oh, by the way! I bumped into them in this coffee shop!
0: Yeah. <laughs> I saw them from afar.
2: Yes, yeah, exactly.
1: Well, I didn't technically complete it. In that. Do tell. So my literary hero is Margaret Atwood. Okay. Always loved her. Great surname. Great, great surname. <laughs> I've loved her since I was at school mm-hmm. and I read The Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. when I was 16. And so from, since then, she's always been my most favorite author. Mm-hmm. I worship her. Mm-hmm. And this year, a few months ago, she published the sequel to The Handmaid's Tale, which is called The yeah. Testaments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I paid a fairly hefty sum of money to be in the same room as her wow. and to hear her read from it and it was her. It was on the, the, the launch day um, and wow. there were readings and it was televised in cinemas was so that people could watch mm. us oh, in that room, yeah, listening cool. to Margaret Atwood okay. and whatever and so you went to the real thing, you didn't even watch it in the cinema no I didn't, I was in, the, in the, same the real room as her and I could have pulled some strings and met a author because I work in publishing yes. but my literary hero is ma well, uh- and i'm never going to i was never going to go to meet her no. she's huge yeah She's probably the, the most famous. And if you ran it, at her. Her bodyguard would probably Will take it you out. And I don't want to be the person <laughs> no. who like kills
2: the, the you know, Man Booker Prize winner, twenty nineteen.
0: <laughs> Killed by a superfan. <laughs> yeah,
2: challenge gone wrong. Yeah, exactly. That would be a fail. Yeah. The end, up, <laughs> end of the whole thing. I would. I would genuinely then just want to live in a treehouse. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's that's Is sort that, of a pass. Yeah. Because you have been in the same room as and definitely listened to live and yes. I think that counts yes um I think the photo thing was just a, as a proof yes that you got close yeah I, and I think, I think you've sort of got close thank I you. think it, thank it, depe- you. it depends what Pauline's you got it's going to be a bit more <laughs> d- no I'm not, not critical no I think you have completely <laughs> passed it but it completely
0: depends on what you got from the experience because mm. the the task wasn't meant to be to meet your literary hero yeah it was it was only a literary hero because your heroes are literary yes. Ca- uh, writers. Yes. So for Tilly it would be someone else. But the point of meeting these people in person is to see their character, their quirks, their human essence. Yeah. <laughs> that, that when you're watching uh, an interview or you read something on the news or you see them on the TV they're, they're sort of a, a character and they're putting on something. And I wanted you to meet one of your literary icons to show that these people are not gods these people are completely human they need to drink water they need to breathe (laughs)
1: air
0: we're in the land of Jane Austen and if you met Jane Austen she'd just be a person but people around here are putting her on a pedestal you know she's this huge character and to to meet someone and and see their human traits
1: yes so she famously when I think the Handmaid's Tale won I don't know an Emmy or a, a, a Golden Globe whatever mm. she went up onto the stage with her handbag you know like all of them um. there and they're in their finery <laughs> like, and she was there like in a trouser suit with a long scarf and she was there with her handbag and so many people on Twitter were saying my um, Patronus would be Margaret with her handbag
0: Respecto Patronus
1: and just Margaret just there swinging her handbag um, she was really great she's, she's terrifying because she's, she? she's, she's so intelligent, she's, she doesn't take any nonsense.
0: Did she come across as arrogant or just assertive?
1: Um, n- no, I don't think she's. She didn't come across as arrogant. She, she is scary, but mm. I think it's because um, I think she's just so clever, and all cultural, like modern cultural references, she's there. Mm. And she's just, I just think she's incredible. Um, I don't know any many other writers who write such a massive variety of books. She's done sci-fi, she's done, you know, like, 19th century murders, she's done sort of modern day, she's done everything. Mm -hmm. And and so many authors, they kind of write the same book again and again. As I would. Yeah. Once they've got a genre,
2: so they stick to it, yeah. and they know how to do it's, it, and exactly. they can just churn out, yeah. you know, books of very similar. Yeah.
0: That's also something that would have come with experience. You know, she did say yeah. she's seventy years old. Yeah. What do you think Margaret Atwood at thirty would have been like?
2: I when did she, she write The Handmaid's
1: Tale? In the eighties. So uh, how long ago is that? 30, thirty. Thirty years ago. So yeah. she'd written that when she's about forty. Forty. Okay. Yeah. And um, so she, and she wrote, had written a few books before then, and. I think The Handmaid's Tale will always be the one that she's known for. Um, but she's written, she had written a few more before then, and they weren't as good. I mean, mm. The Handmaid's Tale is brilliant for a reason. Do of
0: you course. think she would have been as ballsy and confident at 30 as she is now at 70? I
1: think so. I think, it, I, th- I personally think it's with just in her character. Yeah. But you're right in that I guess she's got life experience. Yeah. We never speak all do change. But I think to write, have written... A book like The Handmaid's Tale, when you're 40, to be building up to writing that, I think it says a lot about Mm. you as a person.
0: It'd be fascinating to sit around like a breakfast table with her when she's completely relaxed and just find out how her inner monologue is just sort of tinkering along, how she's thinking about certain things, what she's doing on purpose versus what she's doing just out of character. Yes, Mm.
2: yeah. Yeah, because a lot of it might just be a persona that she puts on that goes with her... Definitely. PR Margaret. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. exactly. The person who wrote these really ballsy books (laughs) has got to be a bit ballsy. Because if it was this really different person, you'd think, where has this come from? Yeah,
1: and I do also think it was incredibly ballsy to write a sequel 30 years after the first book, when a series has been made about it and won loads of awards, and in the current climate. Mm. Admittedly, she's Canadian but sort of with, you know, President mm. Trump just across mm. the border mm. and now the handmaid being a symbol of female oppression. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's I mean, known it's, across did, the world. Did she write
0: it because of the TV series and because people were asking questions about afterwards? I can't
1: remember what she said. Um, did she always want to write a sequel? Well, she said for a long time she wasn't going to. Okay. But then I think that possibly what she did say was with everything that was going on, um, I mean you kind of feel like, well, you'd be mad not to cash in yeah. on how well that's it's That's what doing. I was thinking. Yeah. Like, obviously that and be part of it, but I think probably I think she was more thinking, well, no, this is the time to actually to write. It's ballsy, yeah. but this is the time to write a sequel. Mm.
0: Mm. Do you think she's your literary hero because of the yeah. books that she's written, or because of the character that she is that has
1: written those books? Oh, good question. I think probably it's a bit of both mm. because I do love her books, and that was one of the first books I read. I, I was going through a period of reading all the classics. <laughs> and then I read The Handmaid's Tale was one of the, like a modern book, and thought, God, this, ha- this could happen. This could, like religious teachings could be used to control society and completely oppress half of the population. Um, and that was really, as a, you know, a girl sort of going through pu- puberty, that was really terrifying. So I think it was, it is in part, and she has written other books that I love, but I do also think that she is a dude. Yeah. and like she's, <laughs> she's really funny and yeah. um, she's really cutting. She
0: sounds empowering yeah. It's an
1: icon. Yeah, yeah I mean, she, she to, is. To look up
0: to and yeah. to try and follow in the footsteps.
1: Yeah. Of yeah, I genuinely think she is our greatest living writer.
0: And off the back of that, could you ever see yourself maybe not achieving what Margaret Atwood has achieved but following in some of her footsteps?
1: I certainly like to think that, that if I wrote a book that it would channel an element of commenting on something in society and particularly from the female perspective yes um but i'm not clever or creative enough or have enough imagination to do what she does and also i could never write as massive a variety of books i don't think i think i would be like the one genre kind of a writer
0: i think i just had some more limiting beliefs
1: (laughs) My new life
0: coach. <laughs> <laughs> I will pick people up on this when people say i can't or i won't or i 'm yeah. not this enough to do that I mean human beings are, are not inherently worldly wise the, the people who you find the best at doing that are not the best at doing that just because yeah. you know that anybody can start yeah. it, this was not the first thing she ever wrote. no um, That's true. And she has just persisted through mm. the trash and the rubbish yeah. to get to the other side yeah. of uh, sort of
2: greatness. Yeah, she so. probably had lots of failures um, to begin yes. with. Yeah. Actually, it took her till she was forty oh. yeah. to write something that had to write the book, book that she'll book be known that for. had You That's know true. the impact that it, She wanted it to have, but she probably had that hope for her other books as yeah. well to begin with, but they didn't, or or only had a small impact. Yeah. Um, so it just takes time I think yeah. to formulate who you are as a person and formulate all of those ideas I don't think you're born with it and if you have, don't feel like you are there yet that's just because you're not at the, that part of your life yet well this leads us we are jumping a question but at
1: least this leads us really nicely talking about age and timing mm. how are you both feeling
2: about turning 30 yeah so I turned 30 in December so before you yeah um and I have I've had mixed feelings about it to be honest yeah especially in the past I've been thinking about it since I was about 21 to be you? honest. yeah I've always thought 30 that is old yeah <laughs> yeah that is you are grown up when yeah you're 30 yes. you've got this you've got that you're married you've got probably children yeah you've probably got where you want to in your career you're definitely on your way to being a fully grown up adult Yes. <laughs> so as it sort of approached when I was about 25 I was starting to panic a bit about it because my life wasn't going any of those ways you yeah. know I had a lovely boyfriend Yes. so that bit was Thank you. definitely <laughs> going well but there were so many other parts of my life that were not fitting into place, the jigsaw was not complete. semi-complete yes. on its way to be complete at 30 Yeah. and so I sort of panicked a bit and then I I found my 20s really difficult but actually what I've worked out is the closer I've got to 30 the calmer and more content I've felt through so much personal development that I've done in my 20s mm. that actually if my 30s are going to be more of how I feel right now yeah. then I'm okay with that yeah. and actually I think it takes a long time to work out who you are as a person and to work out how to be in this world and how to form relationships and how to have healthy relationships Yeah, and I think I've learnt a lot of that in my 20s and I think now going into my 30s if I can use all those skills to feel happier and to feel more content and to be grateful for what I've got and for who I've got, then actually I think my 30s are going to be a calmer place than my 20s i
1: mean that to me sounds like a 30 year old speaking yeah like, that sounds
0: like a mature adult giving a reasoned response all right? of
1: that sounded really really intelligent and down to earth so responsible. how do you
0: feel now do you feel like you're turning 30 and you feel like a 30 year old and you're mat- you're a mature adult like you thought 30 would be
2: no i don't have that no. idea with myself no. i just have a feeling yes. of feeling more um put together a yeah. little bit more rational a little bit more considered yes. and a little bit more like I know deeper parts of myself so I can actually respond to the world yeah. rather than just react in a really adolescent way yeah which is I think what I did for most of my 20s and definitely my teens yes yeah <laughs> and I think that that comes with a bit more um gratitude and and being able to enjoy it a little bit more and yeah. it's a little bit more stable so you don't have such big highs as like the emotional massive highs that you feel like when you're younger and you're kind of just, just starting, starting to work something. out the world yes. and you get your first job and all this sort of stuff yeah but then you don't necessarily have so many of the lows as well yeah. so maybe just a little bit more middle ground yeah i found for myself in my journey obviously everybody is different mm-hmm. um and i and i'm okay about it now actually that's great yeah and even though i don't have you know i'm not married i don't have children yet i you know when i was 15 i was like oh, i would be ha- i'd have one child and one on the way by the time thirty. <coughs> yeah. that would be the plan jesus can you imagine <coughs> can you, i Does don't want one no, now we're not
1: ready <laughs> oh, um, no but at the same time then you guys are living in as a, as we've established, a really beautiful flat in this mm. really cool city, mm. and and you guys are doing really cool things with your work as well. Yes. Mm. And yeah, You exactly. seem you both seem in a really great place. Definitely, much and that life is, you know.
0: But but speak to us one year ago, two years ago, three years ago, we wouldn't have been in yeah. that place. No, it, it's no all way. sort of accelerated at the end of our twenties. Yeah. 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 And that that growth that we've done throughout the whole of our twenties has now sort of coming to a pass at thirty yeah. to, with results. Yeah. And so it's not something that just happens and that it's like taking a snapshot of someone's life and saying that they're fine. But really the gradient is, yeah. Yeah. is what more you're not seeing the
2: bottom of the iceberg. <coughs> yeah. You know, everything that's yes. holding them up. Yes. Yeah. You're just seeing the tip. Yes. You know, you're not seeing what's underneath the surface. And I think I just feel a little bit more self assured, more confident yeah. in myself as a person yeah. nowadays. Like I never would have started my own business or done any of those things five, six years ago or even three years ago. Um, So yeah, I feel okay about it. How are you feeling, Luke?
0: I feel... very different because on the inside I feel like I've always been a 45 year old <laughs> 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 so, I'd, I'd agree with that <laughs> so, so on the inside 30 for me still feels very young yeah. um, I feel like a 45 year old with the imagination of a child yeah. and that's something that I've tried to curate throughout the whole of my life like if, if you took, took me at 18 I would have been trying to be like uber mature I would, have been, I would be at a drinks party talking with the grandfathers and the parents and I would have been yeah. trying to do that whilst also uh, sort of playing video games and trying to like have like great imagination and, and playing <laughs> drums and doing yeah. all that kind of stuff so yeah. for me, thirty yeah. is just a, a number I think um, yeah. We can have really significant starts and finishes, Mm. but we choose whether they're significant or not. So we can choose on a Monday morning to start a new diet because it's a Monday, or on a birthday, we can reflect on the last year and the next year, or New Year's Eve, all of these sort of significant dates dozens of them all the way throughout the, the year. So for me, 30 is just another one. Okay. The same as 29 blocks and then yeah. 31. And I think it's slightly different for men and women. Yeah. I think with biological clocks, yeah, I think women pick with that. 30 yeah. as, a, as a baby range. And, and well,
2: we were always told, you know, by the time you're thirty five, that's a bit late, you're gonna well, be yeah. geriatric well, mother, well, you know, blah blah blah. I, I the have, pressure. Yeah, exactly. is there. And
1: that kind of does I guess those that's things scare you just
0: You're getting older, away, don't yeah. And, and there's the fear of reaching 30, 35 yeah. 40 yeah. And for for guys I think that's a bit more relaxed. I don't because we don't have that no, sense of I fear. Yeah,
2: that's a so really, really good point. So the pressure's all on women to you know, decide when they want to have children and how they're going to have children and yeah. it's their responsibility to work it all out timing wise yeah. whereas men in this conversation can there just are, be a bit more relaxed there yeah. are guys
0: who, are, who don't want to turn 30 but those are typically the in my opinion, the party boys or yeah. the people who are having lavish lifestyles and want to live that university life yeah. forever. Yeah. And 30 represents, you know, yes. paying bills and yes. having a house but mm. I'm already there. I'm, I'm not trying to relive my university life. No, no. Um, no, you're
1: entering a, a new phase of your life. Yeah. Well, he's been there I all feel like Yeah, been yeah, there. Exactly <laughs> you <laughs> have. I, everyone else is just catching up with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luke's way is the best way. <laughs> Luke's like, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. The gentleman's club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, so I'm I'm completely happy about thirty. Did you
1: feel because Tilly sort of said that you know a few years ago maybe she wasn't feeling that way? Mm-hmm. Have you always just been like cool about it?
0: Yeah, I think I've always been pretty blasé about yeah. about it. I think because I feel really young at heart, yeah. I, and I don't feel like age follows me through with numbers. Um, I think the, the 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 most traumatic thing I've had growing older has been balding and that's something that i've had to come to terms with as a man yeah losing my hair because i used to have long hair i was a drummer yeah um and then i would hide that hair loss for like a decade probably longer than i should have done and then it was two years ago now maybe took the plunge and just shaved it all off yeah and now feel absolutely liberated. Yeah. And so now yeah. I feel like an older man that has the confidence of someone who is liberated from his sort of teenage troubles. I yeah. don't feel attached to those at all anymore.
1: So. Well that's also really interesting because we don't have to worry about that, yeah, do we? That's true. So there are pros and cons to for men and women. You also yeah. have a spectacular beard. <laughs> Thank you. Listeners, you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that must be something that mm. we don't we don't we think about. No. Mm.
0: It's quite complicated getting older, and, and none of us have children, yeah. so we're,
1: yeah,
0: it, it would be maybe different for someone who has a child, 30 probably isn't as important because children yeah. the, take the, over. The yeah, um, the
1: only person I asked with a child was Emma, who did the first episode, the life drawing episode. No one else does have a child, which isn't which isn't intentional, it's just because my friends haven't really modern. reached that point yet, exactly, because we're all doing things later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, that would have been a really interesting kind of perspective. I'll do it 40 by 40 <laughs> and then we'll see where we I, <laughs> yeah.
0: I think you could create this podcast in another 10 years because I, I don't think you look a day over 20. So. Oh, thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I know so, I get that. But yeah. when I People will think I'm like 18, 19 and it's fr- frustrating. Then, yeah. and I'm like, no, no. Yeah. that's ten thirty, 30 but I know that you know when I'm in my 50s I'm yeah, going to be a babe yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you'll be Margaret Atwood and they'll be like she doesn't look like a day over 40 she's <laughs> yeah, been exactly. writing for 40 years <laughs> how has this happened
1: yeah I'm really hoping I will have children by that point and then all of like their friends will like really fancy me I'd love yeah. to be that one um... you'll be a MILF <laughs> yeah exactly I'd <Like>, <laughs> love to be a MILF <laughs> Who are some of your literary
2: heroes? Does Jacqueline Wilson count? Yes! <laughs> Jacqueline Wilson was my childhood. Yeah, I that loved was my childhood, definitely. What were like, some of your, your, your faves? Oh, all of them Double Trouble, oh. Tracy Beaker, Illustrated Mum. Illustrated Mums. So I grew up on that. And then I sort of moved into more like Jodie Pickle yeah. and all of those sorts of books. And I loved that when I was a teenager. Yeah. And that kind of taught me about people yeah. and I think that's why I am who I am today and that's why I do the job I do because I'm fascinated by people i yeah. fascinated by relationships and how people like work with each other yeah. and different dynamics and I'm, I'm so interested in that and I think I've got all of those books that I read when I was younger to thank for that yeah. interesting people and interesting stories Yeah, because I love people's stories
1: and I, and I really think that actually children's literature and also young adult fiction yeah. is massively underrated oh, I massively. think there are some incredible children's books and Absolutely. young adult books. like Luke yes I can imagine you
0: writing like a Roald Dahl book oh that's very cute I've Genuinely. always toyed with writing children's fiction yeah I can imagine yeah. I can imagine um, you doing that I love um, young adult books yeah. and when I'm reading heavy books uh, and and fiction or mm. non- uh, non-fiction I'll, I'll always, in the gap, read a young adult fiction because it helps me get back into reading yeah. and enjoying the story and the imagination and, mm-hmm. then, and then hitting back into a non-fiction.
1: I missed out on um, The Northern Lights, and so this year, because of the BBC wow. adaptation, okay. I just read *The Northern Nights* and I absolutely loved it. Jeez. Yeah, I loved, I loved it. I just think that, yeah,
2: kids' books and young yeah, adult I, books. I think it's amazing as well because I remember reading some young adult books. Was about um, a girl who was a shapeshifter. I can't remember. Yeah, there was a whole is. series of them. Yes. and I loved them because they were sort of like fantastical. Yes, it's sort of fantasy, but also like with like a really fiery, fu- really, really fiery character. Really fiery, and it was really quite scary at points, but interesting as yeah, well. Yeah, and obviously. Yeah. We all read the Harry Potter. Yeah. I remember reading the big number four. Yeah. Like, Lying in the Garden.
0: It's the kind of thing that you can get lost in. And when you're a child, like, losing your world and finding another, it's such a powerful thing because our, our, our brains don't really know the difference between imagination and reality. So if you're reading... Uh, fiction and you're finding out relationships and you're, you're being led down sort of the way the world might work or yeah. can work,
1: that yeah. can really affect how you behave
0: as a human being. Definitely.
1: Is there anything else that you... Is that woman hoovering the windows? Yes, she is. <laughs> She's trying to get rid of all that the conversations. conversations. Yeah. It's just a
2: very rainy day. Is there
1: anything else that either of you would like to say in this public forum
0: i would like to mention uh so you asked about uh our literary heroes mm-hmm. but if we go back to the reason why we asked you the question yeah it came from meeting uh an icon of mine mm-hmm. so whenever i was um growing up or wanted to be an engineer i dreamt of meeting james dyson yes so meeting him was like a, an ultimate mission so the reason why i think we challenged you to meet your literary icon is because One day I ended up working at Dyson, and I was sat in a meeting just like this. There were three people there, and we just sat around this table. There was like a chief engineer who was my boss and me, and we were just sort of sat there chatting. And then in walked James Dyson. And so I'm completely shell shocked by this point. I'm like, I've seen him in pictures, I've seen him on the news. I've read his book. I've read his autobiography. I feel like I know the man. Yeah. Like he's a god amongst men yeah. for me. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, fantastic. And then what really sh- sort of surprised me is he sat down and my boss said, James, this is Luke, and he spoke in exactly the way James Dyson sounds that I'd heard on the radio he was coming out of space. Yeah. And uh, he was like, and he said, "Hi, Luke. Nice to meet you. Uh, you know, thanks for joining the project." Like, and then continued to ask me questions for the next two hours. Yeah. And I always thought that being a top inventor or top engineer meant you had to know everything. Yeah. And that you had to be the one with all the knowledge, and you were going to be yeah. designing it. Turned out he didn't have any of this knowledge and he was just inquisitive. And, and so, sort of humanizing a figure like that for me has given me so many more tools to follow in the footsteps of someone like James Dyson. I think that's where this challenge started to take those people off the pedestals and to, to understand that you can uh, adopt those qualities, that they're just human qualities, and usually it's just being curious.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, it was a really lovely challenge, and I really enjoyed my evening, breathing the same air as Margaret. Um, but more than anything, what a
2: wonderful chat! Yes, oh. it's been so great, actually, just to come and have you to stay and to see you and spend yeah, so much time with you. No,
1: it's hard. It's hard yeah. having friends have you scattered all to ourselves. exactly, <laughs> and you know, it's it's kind of I guess is what happens when you grow up. Yeah, but then your friends are in different corners of the yeah. earth and that yeah. kind of quality time together and as we were saying just mm. to then pick up where you left off mm.
0: but there aren't many friends that put such a massive smile on your face to meet up with you know you're just such a bundle of joy to actually <laughs> to me and to talk to and you know, you know when you're looking forward to a meeting and you there's, there's so many times these days where you go to a party and you think, I can't wait to leave that party. Yes. Well, you know, yeah. I, I'm yeah. only turning up so I can leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And whenever we get the chance to meet you, it's it's completely the opposite.
1: Oh, oh you guys, thank you so much. Thank thank you. Honestly, I'm, I'm not leaving. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm looking forward to my dream house. <laughs> <laughs> so not the most convincing to a challenge, but catching up with Tilly and Luke and reflecting on our past and future fills me with all the feelings. What we didn't say on the recording, which I can't forgive myself for, is that one week before I visited them, Tilly and Luke got engaged. And I can't think of a sweeter, kinder couple. And I'm so excited for the next chapter in their love story. I asked some of my friends who their literary heroes are and why. My favourite author is Haruki Murakami. Um, I I can never put any of his books down. And I find the characters just really, really interesting.
2: My literary inspiration is JK Rowling. She's possibly the reason I work in children's publishing. And um, I also really admired her perseverance of trying to get the Harry Potter novels after facing so many rejections. And I just found that quite inspiring for life. My
1: literary hero is like asking me my favorite cat, which is very hard question to answer, Toni Morrison. Clichéd because she died in August, but she really was the best of the best. And um, we need more, not just black writers, but we need more writers like her. I want to say a massive thank you to Tilly and Luke for giving me a literary challenge and saying that I passed. But an even bigger thank you for hosting me in their ridiculously gorgeous flat, Treehouse Pending, before giving me a tour of all the bookshops of Bath. It was absolutely blissful. Next time on the podcast... I know you are right, actually, because I, w- I did used to get pissed because then I'd get the munchies at, like, 1, 2am
2: and just sort of, like, just repeat oh the my word gosh, chips. Oh, you sent me out for chips <laughs> once, yeah. Yeah, so actually, I feel like that was something of a misremembering. That was a lie, on my part. Um, Apologies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> thank you for fact checking It's <laughs>
2: fine. I just feel like all your listeners
1: really should know the truth. <laughs> Bye for now.